Jeff. Congrats on the win. Uh, we talked at media day and we talked a lot about uh, Nico's unpredictability in there. After spending time uh, in the octagon with him, uh, what did you make of his performance and what did you make of uh, your performance? Um, it was everything went as expected. I knew he was a wild man. And uh, the crazy thing about it, uh, uh, my coach actually called an audible on the bus on the way to the fight. He was like, hey, it might get ugly. We might have to take him down and uh, finish the fight with a ground and pound. And uh, that's what we did, put out the win. I think between rounds you helped him up after. I think the first round or second round, I can't, I can't quite remember. But w w I, you don't see that often, an opponent helping another person up off the octagon after you're done fighting. To be honest, I don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> like, I, we had just, like, collided heads, so I, I was kind of still out of it in between rounds. After the fight, he sort of screamed something very loudly. I don't know if it was at you or in frustration. What, what exactly did he shout? He said the F word really loud. Oh, okay. Uh, and then some other stuff, but I heard the F word. <laughs> and uh, in the, the round, there was a moment where it's almost like you both connected and you both dropped to the floor. Was that the left hand or was that a headbutt? I, uh, I looked at the video. I uh, hit him with the left hand and uh, made his head uh, collide with mine. Okay. And then that dropped us both. And then following that, there was a moment where you both sort of hit each other and there was this crazy frantic exchange. Were you expecting more of that? Because obviously he's known as a bit of a wild man. Yeah, I was expecting that, and uh, that was actually, we were trying to avoid doing that, but um, I, I like that. How I fight is, like, I like to fight like that, so um, if you want to throw down with me, I'll throw down with you. I was going to say, is that when you, you kind of enjoy fighting like that, is it hard to keep yourself disciplined so you don't just end up going in these crazy exchanges where anything can happen? Yeah, yes, it's, it's really hard, and uh, fighting Nico is hard to avoid that. You know, some fighters, you can avoid getting in those crazy exchanges, but... Uh, with us having like almost the same reach, uh, it was just bound to happen. Thanks. Jeff right here in front of you. Uh, can you just elaborate a little more on the late switching game plan? I mean, if you're, you go through a training camp, you're preparing to do a certain thing, then at the last minute, it's like, let's mix it up. How do you digest that as a fighter? Oh man, it was, it was crazy. Cause like we worked this whole camp with just one game plan. And then uh, he I'm listening to music on the bus ride uh, to the venue. And he's like, hey Jeff, listen, we might have to take him down. I was like, what? <laughs> And he was serious. He was like, we might have to take him down. He's like, nobody's ever seen you wrestling. You have good wrestling. Uh, we might have to take him down and uh, round and pound him. Because uh, my coach had watched the fight with uh, him and Tim Means, and uh, Tim Means actually took him down and uh, got him tired and made him slower. And that's exactly what happened when I took him down. Yeah, and your ground and pound was pretty nasty. Is that something you work on a lot? Yeah, yeah. Every, every Monday we uh, have a hard uh, MMA days where we just work on a top position and ground control and uh, ground and pound. And just last thing, um, you go through a fight like that, you know, you change the game plan at the last minute, you have to deal with a little adversity, uh, you show off some new parts of your skills. What does that prove to yourself going forward, you know, 4-0 in the UFC? Yeah, it, it honestly proves I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready for a, a top 15 opponent. Uh, I don't care who, just uh, somebody. No one stands out specifically? No one stands out specifically. Perfect. Thanks, man. No problem. Uh, Jeff, back here. Uh, Big Dan was in there pretty close near the end as you were kind of finishing the fight uh, with the ground and pound. Is it, uh, does it distract you at all? Like, was it hard to, you know, keep your rhythm, knowing how close you were to a stoppage and, you know, having the ref, like, right there? Um, did you know that that, that was going to be the end of it, though? Yeah, I had, I had a feeling. And uh, actually, the ref being there getting closer actually made me want to hit him more. I was like, all right, this fight's about to be over. I need to turn up the heat on him and uh, get this fight over with. Uh, I know you said, uh, you know, you just want to get back in the gym and, and get ready, and, and you're probably ready for the next tier opponent, and you might not have a name yet, but is there anyone, is there a dream fight for you at 170? You know, not even thinking about rankings or where it puts it, just like one that you, a fight you want to really want to, just for, to enjoy. 
Uh, to enjoy, maybe Kobe Covington. <laughs> but uh, about, that's about it. Nobody else. Why that name? Why does that name just, why that one come up? Yeah, I mean, for obvious reasons. You, you, everybody already knows uh, he's not a likable person. But uh, other than that, nobody else. Jeff, uh, over here to your left, uh, just got word that you won the $50,000 performance of the night bonus. Oh, yeah? Congratulations. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> probably a, uh, a a bigger tip than you've ever gotten as a waiter. Is that is that correct? Yeah, way bigger tip than I ever got you, as a waiter. What are your thoughts on, on, on winning that bonus? I, I'm, I'm so happy. I, I've been trying to get the 50000 every fight since I got in the UFC, and I finally pulled one off. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable in guard with the ground and pound? Because that's kind of like a, almost a lost art in MMA, but that ground and pound from guard. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm real comfortable in guard. Um, we we uh, practice that all the time, and uh, there there's fights that you you probably can't see it on like look it up, but uh, I've won fights off of just ground and pound from in the guard. And then at the end of the fight, after it was over, he kind of came up to you, and it was kind of hard to see what what he was saying or what he was uh, he was kind of like gesticulating with his hands what was that when, when he came up to you no we uh we hugged and he was like i hate you and then like you know we're just playing around nothing nothing serious you know what i mean thanks just one final one jeff yes, sir. Uh, at media day we spoke you said you you're only serving until you find more income uh, outside of the uc but with this fifty thousand bonus you're still gonna continue serving yeah, yeah i'm still serving because uh to be honest i like i like to serve you know what i mean like i, I could have probably quit a long time ago but um I, I like to do it. I like to uh, work hard. And like I said, I like to keep extra money coming into the household. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not the UFC money that keeps me from serving. Thanks. It's, just, it's a personal thing. Thanks so much. <laughs> no problem. Tough fight. Um, can you just reflect on you know how you felt in there and what where kind of things didn't follow the game plan, I guess? I thought he did well. You know, I did the best I can. I just got to give him hats off to Max. He uh, he's able to <clears throat> get the tide going in certain rounds. You know, even rounds I thought I was doing well, he you know was able to flip the tides here and there. Yeah, I mean, one judge had him for all five rounds. Did, did you feel in there that you took a few rounds off him though? I thought I won a couple. You know, it's tough to really <clears throat> really say when you're in there. I guess I got to watch the fight, but uh, my team thought I won a couple too. But it doesn't matter. It wasn't enough. I can obviously tell you're extremely disappointed. I mean, can you just explain kind of your emotion after, you know, I know you really wanted to regain that title and obviously didn't pan out tonight. Yeah, I'm heartbroken, man. You know, it's tough. Uh, it's tough when you want something really that bad and, you know, can't get it. And uh, <clears throat> I've been close, you know, so many times before. Do you think at all about what you do from here? No, nah, not yet. You know, I'm not going nowhere. Hi, Frankie, back here. Um, <clears throat> not to beat a dead horse, but sort of along those same lines, is it hard to imagine traveling that road back to a fourth featherweight title challenge? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm really not thinking of nothing right now, to be honest with you. You made sure to say uh, in the Octagon that you have plenty of fight left in you. Uh, did you feel like you comp you had to say that? Because, you know, there are people at this point in your career, there are always people saying, oh, how much longer is Frankie going to fight? Was that a message for anyone in particular or any segment of fans in particular? I don't say shit, man. I don't really care what anybody thinks or says. I guess that was for uh, for myself. Uh, Frankie, obviously you're not thinking about anything uh, in the future uh, past today. Can you just give us an idea of what is going through your mind at this time after the fight? I'm just pissed off, you know, a little disappointed, but I'm proud of my performance. Uh, I'm just disappointed in uh, letting my team down, you know. You know, I don't think I – I know they're uh, <clears throat> they're proud of me, but – you know, you always want to deliver victory to them because they sacrifice so much as well. Just one more for you, Frankie, right here. Um, 
obviously your son is back there. I saw you walking out of the cage with him. Um, what do you kind of lessons do you teach him tonight stemming from this? Obviously, he, you know, he witnessed everything that went down. You're going to lose in life, man. Can't let it keep you down, you know. And uh, I've lost before. This is what it is. Never held me back. Frankie, right here. Uh, you and Max spoke for a little bit after, inside the Octagon, and I saw Max talking to your coach, Mark Henry, for a while before he left the Octagon. Uh, what did you two say, and do you know what uh, Max said to your coach? I don't know what he said to Mark, but uh, I just told him he, you know, he represents us well. He's a stud. He's the, he's the best to do it right now. And uh, I got tremendous respect for Max. I did before the fight, and, and even more so now. Thank you. Hey guys, uh, the gate was 1.4 million. That's U.S. dollars. Attendance was 12,144. The uh, the bonuses tonight went to uh, Hakeem, Jeff Neal, and then uh, Davison and uh, Pantoja. They all won $50,000. Congratulations to them. And then. The 50-50 raffle that we did for the uh, Edmonton Oilers Foundation did $75,000. It's a huge number, so very cool. For charity, woohoo. Who has the first question? Right here, Dana. Happy birthday, first of all. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Thoughts on the main event? I mean, Max Holloway goes out there and you know lands an outrageous number of strikes again, defends his title. Just what did you make of what he did tonight? Yeah, he, he, he looked good, especially as active as he's been lately. Um, and coming off the 155-pound, uh, you know, shot at the title. He, uh, I thought Frankie did a really good job. You know, you know, Max has had this thing where he's just been overwhelming people, just walking them down and destroying them. And I think Frankie did a good job tonight of using his speed and his movement to make sure that Max didn't do that to him tonight and was able to, you know, take it to a decision. Yeah, and you mentioned Max's activity. I mean, it's been 14 rounds for him since December. Uh, I think, you know, the general ideas of people thinking maybe the Volkanovski fight in Australia, that stadium right. show, I'm sure it'd be nice to have a second title fight on there. Is that something you're kind of feeling would be the proper next step, or is that too much too soon? So I haven't even talked to him. Um, you know, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's got any little nagging injuries or what he's got. He just needs to go spend some time with his family and take some time off, and then we'll figure out what's next. But... In the scrums that I've been doing out there, I'm hearing that uh, he's asking to fight again. So I haven't talked to him, but I'm sure you guys, I don't know if you have yet, but I'll be in here in a minute. It sounds like he wants to fight. So still, I'm not going to make do anything until he goes home and takes some time off. Yeah, and on the flip side, Frankie Edgar, I mean, comes up short of a UFC title uh, again. What are you, 37 years old, the first guy in UFC history to have seven hours of octagon time, which is just crazy. Right. What do you, where do you see him going from here? You know, it's, it's really up to Frankie. I, I mean, when I look at people like him, I'm like, uh, what's left to prove? What's left to, you know, he's done it all. And other than money, what's, what's, what, 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 does he, what does he need? What does he want? What does he, you know, I know he's a competitor and he wants to win that title again so bad, but... Um, you know, he's pushing 40, and I was just talking shit about Faber, and Faber just looked great at 40, but, you know, who knows? We'll, 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 see, what, we'll see what he wants to do.
Right. And then the co-main event, uh, Chris Cyborg, Felicia Spencer, tough as nails in there, took some Incredible. shots. Um, this is the final fight on our UFC deal. She's already walking around with Cyborg versus Nunez t-shirts, January 2020. I like it. You like it? So I what, love it. I mean, that's the fight to make. That's the fight I want to make. Um, so we'll see what we can do. You're, you're confident that you meet or reach a deal with her? Um, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, if that's true, if that's the fight she wants and she really wants that fight, I don't see how we don't make a deal. I mean, if you look at my history in 20 years, how many deals have I not made for a fight? I think it's been like one. I think there's one fight I didn't make. Which one was that? It was the, we, we never got uh, um, the Russian. Fedor, yeah. Right. I was trying to do that Fedor-Brock fight. Right. That's the fight I didn't make. Okay, and just last thing from me, uh, off topic from tonight's fight, but you did say yesterday that you are giving BJ Penn another fight. Um, you said in 2013 that you felt he had taken too much damage. You said a couple months ago that you couldn't do this anymore. Why are you choosing to promote another BJ Because he terrorized me for friggin' a week and wouldn't stop texting me for three days straight and, you know, talked me into it. So we have a deal now, win, lose, or draw. This is BJ Penn's last fight. How, how do you ensure that? Is he still under contract? Because I won't give him another fight. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's very clear between us now that there won't be another fight no matter what. You know, why did you kind of give in to that? I mean, he's taken the most head strikes of anyone in UFC history. I think it's like over 1,300. I think a lot of people are just concerned about him. Well, if all you people that are concerned are doctors, then uh, give me a call. If you're not, then mind your business. Okay. Uh, hi, Dana. Back here. Yeah. Uh, are you concerned at all that, like I said, you have an agreement with BJ, but that he would consider he would try to take a fight somewhere else? Do you ever talk to him about There's that? There's nothing I can do about that. You know, he, I've I've voiced my concerns. I've known BJ Penn, you know, since he was like 19 years old, and you know, BJ is is gonna do what BJ wants to do, and uh, you know, I've been uh, I've had a very crazy relationship with him and his family for the last 20 years. And, you know, BJ walked me through a million reasons why he needs this fight and why he has to have it. And he talked me into it. So you guys know me. When I'm in, I'm in, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So we're doing this. He's promised me that win, lose, or draw, he will retire after this fight. We'll see if he keeps his promise. He won't fight here, though. That I guarantee you. We won't be sitting here doing this again. That I, that I promise you. Uh, after tonight's performance, do you think that Max has clearly passed him as the greatest Hawaiian fighter of all time, in your opinion? Uh, it's tough. To, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, BJ Penn had, you know, was such a huge talent, you know, and I think that BJ was so talented, he never took it as serious as he could have and should have, you know, but without a doubt. I mean, too, if you look at how small that island is, and the talent that comes off that island, it's pretty incredible. To have two of the greatest fighters ever out of Hawaii is pretty impressive. And I want to ask this about Conor McGregor. He's pretty active on social media today, commenting the officiating and then spiraling that into all kinds of other stuff. Uh, I don't know when was the last time you talked to him. I heard that um, maybe you're expecting him to come back in 2020. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I talked to him last week. He wants to come back. So, I mean, really what he's doing is looking to see how everything plays out in September. Um, I was just saying out there, as of right now, Habib and Poirier are fighting. You know how this business works. Anything can happen, and usually does. 
So I think he's just sort of waiting to see how it all plays out and does he have an opportunity somewhere to, to jump in and, and make something happen. Uh, did he mention to you any other outside-the-box options, like, of course, the Nate Diaz trilogy, or now Jorge, uh, George Masvidal has been calling him out? Did any of that come up? <sighs> yeah, M Masvidal's too big for him, man. I think Masvidal's too big. Connor disagrees, so... Connor was not was not happy that I said Masvidal was too big for him. Dana, right here. Um, there was a, an elite-level flyweight fight that was on the prelims, and backstage when we spoke to Figueredo about his placement, he said was, he thought it was because he couldn't speak English. Uh, what do you what do you say to that? Anderson Silva was our world champion, couldn't speak English for a very very long time. I don't care if you can speak. If I don't care if you can't speak. Your fighting speaks for you. This, this is a fight company. You know, obviously, there's situations where, you know, if you have the personality of a Conor McGregor or, you know, uh, a Ronda Rousey and people like this, it's a home run. It's incredible. I don't care if you can speak at all. Um, if you can fight, that, that's all I care about. And there was a lot of uh, talks of Max being the new face of Canadian MMA, considering he's headlined so many <laughs> fights here in Canada. Uh, Hakeem, Hakeem Duwadu took exception to that. He said he's not from Canada. I am, and I want to be the new face of this. Who said that? Hakeem Duwadu. Okay. Uh, with, after his knockout. Uh, yeah. So what do you say when you see young fighters like that who take issue with that after this violent knockout that they had? I love it. I love it. Speak your mind, pal. Exactly. Tell your people to stop following the, the Hawaiian guy and start following you. I love it. Uh, what, what other that guy doesn't look like he's happy about anything, though, right? He, he looks like he's been pissed off since birth. Well, his nickname is Mean. Yeah, he, it fits. Uh, sorry, last one from us, Dana. What other Canadian fighters uh, jumped out at you from, uh, from tonight's card? Obviously, this was a great chance to showcase some of that talent. I thought Canada looked good tonight. I thought you guys represented and, and, and looked good. Um, and, and the whole show, it was a good night for Canada. Hey, Dana. Hey. Um, just expanding on that a little, Felicia Spencer, I think a lot of people wrote her off coming into this. What was your uh, thought on her performance tonight? Yeah, so I was, imagine when this woman feels like this is really her house. Or the UFC is her house. And, you know, it was her first fight against Cyborg in Canada. You know, when she gets a real, like, solid strength and conditioning program and and you know there's obviously things this girl's only got seven fights coming in here tonight and you saw her chin her heart her determination her elbows um impressive obviously you know uh, especially who she was facing and, and uh I, I guarantee you she had a massive adrenaline dump before she even walked out to the octagon so I, I think she's I think she's pretty special, actually. Kind of building on that, there's not a lot of competition right now for the featherweights, but Megan Anderson did announce that she's got a fight coming up. Are we going to see more commitment to the women's 145 moving forward? Yeah. Um, Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter ever, and she's the 145 and 135-pound champion, and she wants to defend both. So the answer is yes. And uh, one more for me. Uh, I know we talked about Davison earlier. When he was back here, he was saying, I want Benavides and I want to be for an interim belt if Cejudo's going to be gone for a while. What is the plan for uh, Henry moving forward? Is it Joseph uh, for the 125? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We, we got we to gotta get back to work on that and figure that whole, that whole thing out. But yeah. Hey, Dana. How are you? Um, 
When you look at stature and physicality, do you think tonight's performance by Max sort of ends the conversation of him going up to 155, at least for a little bit? Well, I think his last performance at 55 ends the conversation of him going up to 55. I used to think that he looked big at 45, and then I realized how small he looked at 55. And then uh, you've mentioned about Connor was not happy that you, uh, you said Masvidal was too big for him. Yeah. What exactly did he say? That pisses me off that you said he's too big for me. So was he texting you to say he was interested in that fight or just that he was it's just he, he'll, he, I'm telling you guys, I'm just, I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. This guy will fight anybody. And I don't care if he's pissed off about it or not. I think that Masvidal is too big for Connor. So um, if we ever get to that point, I'm sure it's something that Connor and I will fight about. With the welterweight division, just talking on that briefly, we've got Masvidal's on a big sort of tear. You've got Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler fighting. And now Leon Edwards is probably in that conversation as well. Is this the freshest welterweight's looked for quite a while? Yeah, it's a welterweight division. It's ridiculous right now. I mean, stacked with talent and stacked with unbelievable fights and, and possibilities. If Colby wins that fight against Robbie Lawler, it could be argued he's the number one contender. Yeah. Would that mean it's almost the fight to make then would be Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a definitely a good fight to make. The question is, where do you do that fight and how much security are we going to have? <laughs> Thanks, Dana. Dana, over here to your, to your left. Uh, John Jones uh, was tweeting earlier this week about Madison Square Garden in November. Is that at all a possibility for him in, in the headline role? Yeah. Have you talked to him about that at all? No. No, I haven't. Maybe other conversations you're having right now with uh, John Jones. No, I haven't talked to John. I actually haven't talked to John. But, you know, I, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but I can tell you this. I saw some videos. John Jones will be fighting again. You got them on your phone? You want to want to share? What's that? You got the videos on your phone? Maybe you want to want to share them with us? Yeah, that's <laughs> sad. Sad how? Sad that something like that would happen to him and you know I, it's hard to give John Jones the benefit of the doubt till you see the videos so I think John Jones is going to be fine did you see um today he was at a, a signing in New Jersey and Corey Anderson and his team like confronted him did you see that today that, that what happened Corey Anderson and his team confronted Jones at, a, at an autograph signing today in New Jersey I was no. just wondering if you saw that and if that's a possible fight for him, Jones against Corey Anderson. Oh, Corey Anderson's turned down about 50 fights in the last month. No. Fair enough. And uh, back to welterweight for a second. How, how impressed were you with, uh, with Edwards, uh, his win over RDA last week? Yeah. No, listen, I've said to you guys many times what I think of RDA. Um, I got a lot of respect for that guy. He's tough. He's durable. And, yeah, it, it, it was a good fight. If, if Covington beats... Robbie next week is it is it basically a th is it a three man race for that title shot? It could be Masvidal, Covington, or Edwards. Is that are they all? Uh, I think Covington's Covington's next in line, and he stepped up. He took the Slaller fight, and he'll get the fight if if he wins, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks, Dana. Dana over here. Uh, first off, uh, you go to different countries as you're trying to build your markets. How do you compare Canada to, like, say, Australia or Russia, other markets that you're building? All, all booming. I mean, Canada's been been a hotbed for years. I mean, when GSP ruled the world, this place was bananas, man. It was crazy. Um, and we still come up here, and, you know, the fans are incredible. Love coming up here and doing fights. 
After tonight, how much closer are we to a hashtag UFC Hawaii? Not very close. <laughs> no. Fair enough. And uh, uh, really quick, back to BJ. After his last fight that's coming up, is is he still under contract, or is this the last fight on his contract? Yeah, he's still under contract. So okay. Um, as Cyborg's performance tonight, um, I feel like uh, just you know. Uh, a year or two ago, that fight probably would have been finished. Do you think that maybe she's past her prime, or how do you feel? Well, it's one of those things. That's what I was saying leading up to this fight when, you know, Cyborg thought that I was talking um, shit about her like she's scared or she's this or she's that. It's not about that. It's you start to get a point uh, to a point in your career where you start to look at, you know, I'm getting older and, and those type of things. And, and believe me, people have jumped ship here for easier fights. And I don't, I don't frown on that. When you know you're at that point in your career, this is the, the absolute best fight here. We find the absolute best, and these are all killers that are, that, that are here in the UFC. And, uh, you know, as soon as this fight was over tonight, but let's also say the girl she fought tonight has a ridiculous chin, unbelievable elbows, a ton of heart, and she showed up. She didn't show up for a paycheck tonight. She showed up to try to win. Fair to say she did what uh, only Amanda Nunes has been able to do with Cyborg. Right. And, the, you know, this girl, she's only got seven fights, but she's undefeated. She's never been beaten. So you can look at that both ways. And uh, finally for me, um, you mentioned earlier that Brock was one of the fights you'd like to make. Is it, uh, would you say that the ESPN deal is giving you enough leverage that it's just not worth it to give Brock what he's asking for? Is that, is that what the hang-up was or what was no, the no, final no. hang-up? it had nothing to do with that. What was the final hang-up then? It had nothing to do with that. Brock just decided that he wasn't going to fight anymore. Thanks. He was going to do the last deal on his WWE deal, and that was it. Dan, over here, um, just promoting your next pay-per-view with, uh, you know, the, the ticket sales look good for Miocic and uh, DC. What are your thoughts going into that? Uh, Sold out. Yeah. Nice. They're actually trying to take tickets for me to sell right now. Um, it's good. It's all good. I'm excited. That card's awesome, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. What? Vancouver's selling really well right now, too, so it's all good. What do you expect from those two come that uh, pay-per-view? I think that's going to be a fun fight. I, I, you know, Stipe's wanted this rematch so badly for so long. He's finally getting it, and, uh, I, you know, Daniel Cormier is convinced that Stipe can't beat him, so it's a fun fight. And then you got, you know, uh, Diaz and Pettis on that card, too, and it's just it's ridiculous. Just one more, Dana, and then we'll let you go celebrate. Um, <laughs> the thing on just Max. There will be no celebrating this birthday, <laughs> let me tell you that. Uh, just Matt, you mentioned Max at 155. You felt that kind of closed the book. That fight with Poirier you know, didn't have the longest training camp. I think it was announced like six weeks out or something. Do you feel if Max maybe had like you know, six months or something to add the proper weight, fill out his frame, that maybe that would be the better way to have him fight out lightweight and he could maybe fit into that division better? I think Max looks small no matter what Max does. You know, at, at 55, up against Poirier, he looks small to me. Um, I, I don't think there's a way for him to put that kind of weight on. He 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 he. Listen, I'm not saying it couldn't happen and he couldn't ever go back to 55, but I, I think that I'm a believer now that this is his weight class. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Thanks again, Canada. You guys are always awesome. Congratulations on the victory tonight. Uh, 
been a while since you know you've met an opponent that was that durable in there. She was taking all your shots and everything. Were you surprised that you couldn't get Felicia out of there during the three rounds? You know, I was training for, and then respect all my opponents. I know if they're there because they're tough. And like, actually, Felicia helped me. Something I'm working patient. And uh, I saw when I was punching her, I saw her face. She can start change a little bit, but you know, I continue my focus what I want to do, and it change a little bit. Just she's just helping me for work my patient, finish the time we're supposed to finish. Yeah, and uh, you got cut in the fight, and you said that was the first time. And it seems like it's almost something you take pride in. Why did you almost seem to enjoy the fact you had a cut on you? Um, you know, I my mom probably know proud this cut. You know, it's it's in the fight. I never have a cut before. You know, it's first time um, in the gym a little bit, but you know, in the fight, you just always have the first time. And it happened in like the first minute of the fight. So when that happens and you're not used to that, did it have any mental effect on you or anything? Did it make you feel you need to go harder? Did it concern you? You know, the first thing I was thinking first, I don't want to stop the fight because the cut. And then I was saying, you know, I'm not going to ask you, Jason, if it's a bad cut. Because Jason, the last time for, for Dozan just say it's no bad cut. And then it's a really bad cut, you know. But, you know, but I just think about this, continue the fight. I don't want the, the doctor to stop the fight. Where's the Amanda Nunes shirt we saw you wearing uh, after the fact for Cyborg versus Nunes? I know, FC make me take out. Oh, uh, okay. Um, when did you have that made? Was it, is it something that you were planning on wearing, right? You know, you know I just say I would uh, rematch 2020 January, you know, and just, just showed people, I, I asked uh, after my last fight to ask for rematch, and I'm no liar about this, it's true. And then told me I have to wait that she's fight Holly home. And because this I'm a fight Felicia in Canada. Yeah, and Dana was just in here. He said he wants that fight to happen. Uh, Amanda tweeted at you saying, you know, let's make it happen. Is that what you believe is next? Do you believe you're going to sign a new UFC contract and fight Amanda Nunes? You know, a lot of things going on. Like, we have a lot of issues, me, UFC, you know. Um, I don't want to complain about anything, but we don't know just in the fight. Because the people in media don't see anything is inside, but have a lot of things you have to work for. We can continue to stay. You know, um, everybody knows I don't have the the best and the greatest relationship with FC. I don't have the best relationship with Donna White. He's bullying me around, bullying me in internet, and I suffering bully everywhere because this. I have a daughter, I have a father, and and I don't think it's nice this and never have the same sorry for me anything about this. And, and just this is continue, you know, it's no finish. Like saying I'm scared of fight, fight Amanda Nunes, saying I don't want to fight her, this is a liar, because I text him after the fight, say I want to rematch. And this is no help me growing my, my brain. This is damage my brain. And for me keeping you working for one promotion, I don't want somebody damage my brain. I want you growing together. And because this we are going to have to take a little time and see what's going to be better for me. Yeah, there's a video that came out online of you talking to Dana after the fight backstage. What did you guys say to each other? Where? Just now. Did you guys not speak after the fight? Why are you lying? I don't want to do rematch. <laughs> That's it. Say? And he told me, Chris, you cannot be mad everything I say in the media. <laughs> Chris over here. Congrats. Um, uh, first of all, where do you rank Felicia Spencer's in terms of your opponents in the past? Because it seems like she was able to stand up with you for three rounds, something that no one else really has been able to do other than Amanda in you know recent years. So where do you rank her in terms of your opponents? 
you know, what's happening, Amanda, we, we go, we, we fight each other, and then the 50-50, I got a cut. This happened. You know, about Felicia, I try work different a little bit. I try move around. I try see the opportunity when I have the punch. I think yeah, this different fight, you know. If it, I have three rounds to finish the fight. I just figured out this now. <laughs> I always want to finish the fight in the first round, you know, and I just learn, you know, learn every day. Um, so as a free agent now, would you say even if the contract is on the table, would you still want to negotiate to see what you're worth out in the market, different markets? or? Really, for now, I'm really happy about my victory, and I was, didn't think about this. But it's not just about money, it's about respect, it's about uh, my life continue about the fight. Uh, when my fight career, I want to continue growing my brand. I don't want to be any promotion damage my brand because this I'm going to leave after I stop fighting. And, and I have a lot of things going on in my mind now and about Victor, but this is the main thing. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, right here. Uh, this was your first three-round fight at 145 pounds. You've had a couple 140-pound fights in the UFC, but uh, did that extra pound in the weighing in and then two less rounds, did that play a factor into how you uh, approach the fight? You know, I was really happy about this fight. I don't have any pressure. I was 13 years defeated, have to 13 years champion, and then so much pressure on my back. I was, I was fighting happy today, uh, patient, happy. Um, doing my best, you know, and happy, you know, I just have three rounds to finish the fight, and I try, you know, and she's, she's tough, she's, she's moving around, she's tough. And you've pushed for this division a lot, um, and she was your, she was really your first legitimate featherweight that you fought in the UFC, a lot of bantamweights would come to fight you, how happy were you to see them go out and sign another featherweight for this division? Finally, huh? <laughs> these are the words, finally, and 145 pounds have me, um, if the real ones, you know, Maggie Anderson, Felicia, I think. For, I'm sorry if I forget someone, but I think maybe three. Uh, it's no good for our division. Now I have a girls, you know. Um, I'm fighting like maybe, what, three years for this? I started, I did my first fight in 2016. Uh, I'm, I'm fighting for getting, growing our division for a long time. Let's see, let's see if this is going to be good. They're going to open the opportunity for more girls. And one final one. Uh, you've won a lot of your recent fights uh, pretty dominantly or quickly. Uh, maybe a lot of uh, fans who only know you in the UFC maybe not have seen your whole skill set. In this fight, you showed a lot, your grappling, your, your wrestling defense, and your striking. Was this a fight that you were happy with your entire performance to showcase your entire skill set? You know, I, 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 doing, I, I think I'm doing MMA maybe 14 years old, 14 years. And I, I work everything, you know, I'm a brown belt jiu-jitsu, I compete jiu-jitsu, grappling, I do world champ two times, brown, purple belt, you know, I, 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 do, I did the Muay Thai fight, you know, I, I know I know it's a mixed martial arts, you know, but I always like to finish the fight in the punch. And I just change a little bit my mentally and then work my MMA, do what I, I do always, you know, and that's it, show a little bit more for the people, but I already had this, but just, hide a little bit. Chris, congrats on the win. Um, you know, just to pick up on the idea that the UFC may be signing some more featherweights, uh, you've been very vocal about them not having a division in the past. Is that a big factor on whether or not you will return? Uh, you can ask again, sorry. 
if the UFC is to sign more featherweights coming up, is that a big part of the reason why you will return? Or if they don't, maybe you won't? I don't, I don't think just, just this is the reason. But I, I, should, I would like to fight more than one time per year, for sure. I wait nine months for a fight Amanda Nunes, you know, after Holly Holm. This is no good for the fighter. It's good you be active and training and fighting. You know, this is the good thing. And one more for me. Um, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth, like you said, with, with Dana. Not everybody loves their boss. I mean, are you comfortable moving forward, you know, even if things aren't great between you? And is there something he could do that would, you know, make this better as far as your relationship is concerned? You know, you, you don't need to love the boss. You just have to have respect between both. I think this is, this is making everything work together. Thank you. Hi, Chris, over here. Uh, you know, you've only lost twice in your career, so this, you haven't had this chance to show you can bounce back very often, but how does tonight's win, coming back from the Amanda loss, compare to some of your past wins? Uh, you know, I lost my first fight, you know, a long time, and then back to the cage, and then won. And for me, for me, it's a big challenge ever, because I was went back to the fight soon, you know. I think one win, delete one other loss, I think it's like this work. You may make like this. Fans remember your loss after you win and forgot about. That in my nose will bleed. <laughs> and I'm really happy. You know, I improved and I get the win. I work really hard for that. And I always work hard. But you know, I feel very blessed, happy. Thank for my team for for help me and going through everything to overcome. This is just show the people, if you lose the sport, you can lose, you can win, but you can overcome and get your win again. You just can, cannot quit, keep it work. And uh, you've been very honest about the kind of tough relationship with the UFC sometimes, uh, and even said there was some bullying. How important is it for you to set a good example, especially now that you're a mother? It's, uh, you know, my, my daughter almost fighting school because of this. She back home in a fight, one, one kid say things about me. And I told her, man, you can, I told her, you cannot fight any kid. If they want to say anything for you, you have to let it go. But it's no good. It's no good because we, what kids listen now, it's everybody on the media. And they see the things. They say, ah, your mom have uh, penis. Your mom, I know a lot of bullshit things. Of course, in the school. And she's studying now in America. And then people... The kids saying things for her, like before Amanda Nunes fight. And then it's, it's hard. You know, how are you going to teach the kid? Ah, you cannot, I tell her, no, you cannot let this you know, annoy you because it annoy me. You know? Hi, Chris. Um, you mentioned you want to see the UFC sign more featherweights. What are the names out there of featherweight women you'd like to see them bring in? And who do you perceive to be a threat in the division? You know, I don't think you have any girls free now 145. I think maybe all the girls in Bellator. Uh, PFL, and I don't think I have girls free now on 45 to sign. Okay. Um, we spoke a lot about your relationship with Dana White tonight, but what's your relationship like with Amanda Nunes and her partner Nina Ansarov? Because they are also saying the same things Dana are, that you don't want the fight and stuff like that. Um, I know that you guys were pretty friendly before your fight. Has that changed now? No, I don't have anything. It's a fight game, you know? Uh, like Felicia, I don't give the hand for her. It's not because... Every time she see me in the hotel, she wanna shake my hand, and then, okay, we're gonna fight, you know. And and it's not to disrespect; you just have to be focused, you know. Have to switch, you know. I'm a really sweet heart, a really good person. I fight for me; it's hard 
turning hard, but you know, I, I have to switch from with Cyborg. You know, and I don't want to give you hands. Man, I'm going to fight. Tomorrow we can be friends. Tomorrow we can go more together. You know, and just be Fox in the fight. You said you want to fight Amanda in January. Obviously, you're going to have to talk to the UFC about your future with them. At what point do you need those negotiations to be finished by before you make a decision whether you stay or whether you go to another promotion? Uh, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a to, to see the opportunities I have too. You know, it's a negotiation time because it's going to be in January because I'm going to have prepared six months maybe. And is boxing still a possibility? Huh? Is boxing still a possibility? I know you've spoken about that in the past. Maybe, you know, maybe, but, you know, I'm getting Fox now MMA, but maybe. I'm open for this if it happens. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Chris, you're at your left over here. Did you say how many, do you, you need stitches in, in your head in, in the cut? Stitches? I don't know, but it's a lot. A lot of stitches. <laughs> yes. By far the most you, you've... Maybe you've, seven, seven, eight. 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 I was eight. looking at you, Jason. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Chris, for your, for, your next, for your next contract, would it be important to you, because you've expressed interest in doing boxing, pro wrestling, would it be important to maybe have something in your contract, wherever it might be, to do multiple things, multiple combat sports? Uh, this is a good thing, but I don't think FC have a, have a, you can do another things for a stay. Uh, depending, you know, I, I think I accept a lot of challenges and it's going to be good. If you have the opportunity for happen, for sure, I would like to do. Cain Velasquez is doing uh, pro wrestling. Oh, nice. They'll be fighting in the UFC. So maybe. Oh, nice. Good. Maybe, maybe they open mine. Yeah, it's a good one. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. How it do, baby? That, that was poetic. Can't write this. I want my chips with the dip. <laughs> Only my Canadians know what's up. Max, congratulations on the victory tonight. Uh, first of all, what do you think of the new belt that's sitting there in front of you? Uh, it's dope. You know, I told you guys, it kind of reminds me of Power Ranger. I hope I heard Power Rangers is doing a reboot. If they're looking for a Green Ranger, I'll let your boy ready for takeover uh, Hollywood too. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's, uh, I got a Soul Stone. I got one on here already. I don't know if it's Frankie's or Brian's, but it's on there, so it's cool. Very nice. Uh, how'd you feel about your performance tonight? I felt good. I felt good. I felt real good. You know, I, I got to find myself early in that fight. Um, I told, uh, you know, I, people, I kept hearing people saying that his wrestling was going to be too much. I kept people here saying that his pressure on me was going to be too much. So I wanted to go five rounds and remind everybody that uh, the Blessed Express is on the move. Blessed Sarah has stayed in full effect, and uh, that's all we did. Uh, you mentioned wanting to go five rounds. I mean, I, I imagine if you had the chance to finish him, you probably would have. But it seemed pretty close at the end of that third round, and then he kind of took you down, like, mm -hmm. right at the end. That was mm -hmm. the one takedown you got. Is that the biggest opportunity you saw to finish the fight? I always want to finish the fight. I always trying to finish the fight. But Frankie is a legend, guys. He's a legend, you know. He's, he's the dude. He's been in there with the best of them, and he is one of the best. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't find the shots. I couldn't land the shots. And, and uh, you know... It is what it is. I felt great. Yeah, I mean, what does it mean to you? You praised him so much leading up to this fight. It was all respect afterwards. What does it mean to have his name on your resume now? It means a lot. You know, without the guys like Frankie Edgar, uh, you wouldn't have guys like me. Frankie Edgar was the inspiration. You know, Drake said, uh, uh, train before, <laughs> train till your idols become your rivals. You know, and we're here. And um, he's, 
he's a beast, you know, you can't take nothing away from Frankie, he's still a legend. <laughs> he's been in top five forever in two different weight classes, in a weight class where he was very undersized. Boy looked kind of big today, though, but, uh, but it was super fun, you know, it was super fun, you know. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to be the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, not, not, uh, not the best featherweight in the world. I'm trying to be the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, and uh, Frankie's one of, one of the guys to, to help me one step towards that goal. And you've spent 14 rounds in there since December, uh, which is you know, a lot of cage time. There's all, all this talk about potentially fighting Volkanovski in Australia in the big stadium show, October. Does that just, generally speaking, feel too soon for you, considering how much you fought of late, or you, could you possibly see yourself doing that? We see what happens, you know. Like, I look fine. I look great. But, you know, I owe it to my team. I owe it to uh, my coaches. And we got to get medical testing, you know. Like you said, I, I, uh, I fought three title fights in seven months. I think it's seven and a half months, something like that. And, uh, you know, I want to fight one more time this year, but we got to go take all the right tests and see, and, and we'll go from there. And just last thing for me, uh, Dana was in here, and he got asked questions about you potentially going to 55 again in the future, and he more or less said the doors closed. Like, I asked him maybe if he got more time, because I know it was a pretty short camp mm -hmm. for Dustin to bulk up, and he said, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't matter how much time you get, he's not interested in that. Uh -huh. What do you just make of that? They don't change his mind every day. Tomorrow he might be like, hey, Max, we need a heavyweight fight. So <laughs> I don't You know, Dana's mind is all over the place. You know, I got to respect the boss. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, I, I, know, uh, I know if an opportunity come up there and they come calling, you know, we won't shy away. Max, to your left over here, uh, congrats on, on the win. Uh, it seems like there, there's a pretty notable pattern in, in some of your fights recently where First couple of rounds might be kind of close, and then third round is really when you when you click and you start to pull away. What is it about uh, about you that allows you to do that? I just gotta get you know like a train. I just gotta get my engine rolling, the choo-choo train, and then once once it's rolling, it's hard to stop, you know. So I just gotta get in there and figure it out. You know, everybody's different. I you know like. I don't have, I, we have guys to mimic Frankie, but he's not Frankie, you know, and uh, when I get in there, I try to figure it out, find, uh, find out what we've been working and see what's working and then turn it up from there. You landed a, a few big uppercuts in the mm -hmm. fight and there were two really big ones in the third round that kind of uh, allowed you to pull away and I think one knocked out his mouthpiece uh, or take a hit with that, with that same uppercut. Is that what you guys saw like on, on film that he was maybe vulnerable to that? Uh, we saw we saw a bunch of things, you know. We saw a bunch of things, and Abuka uh, was just landing. It was working, you know. And uh, we had a lot of other things that we actually practiced more, but the uppercut just landed. I was like, hey, if he's not gonna move his head, moving his head a certain way, I'll just keep doing it, and uh, it was working. I know that uh, you don't want talking about uh, being a better featherweight than Jose Aldo, but <laughs> you do have you do have one record that you tied today: 13 uh, featherweight wins in a row. And it's uh, tied with John Jones, Anderson Silva, and Demetrius Johnson as the most uh, wins in a row in a, in a division. Uh, what, what, is your, what is your reaction to that? I'm just trying to be a legend. I'm just trying to be the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. And um, that's the names that I got to be up there with, you know, and uh, that's respect. So, like I said, you know, like all this goat talk and whatever, that doesn't affect me. You know, when it's, when it's all said and done, I can sit back and relax. And, uh, and Aldo stood the man. He still got the most wins, he got the most title defenses, and, and so on and so on. So until I beat those records, then uh, maybe I can be in that conversation. Last thing for me, I heard uh, you ran into Alexander Volkanovsky in the elevator uh -huh. um, at the hotel this uh -huh. week. Uh, what was that, what was that uh, conversation like, and, and what do you think about him as, as a future opponent? Well, it was cool, you know, it was me and him, and then 
uh, and my manager and was like, well, this ain't awkward. And then we both laughed and, and it's just cool. You know, he's a nice guy. He's a fighter. You know, he's a respectful guy. And um, we didn't say nothing, you know, it was like whatever and saw him. And then he got off and said, hey, have a nice day. Have a nice day. We went on our way. Everything okay, Rush? You good? Okay. Just worried about you. This guy, this guy tired. I don't know what is going on. Thanks. Max, right here. Back in February, uh, when I spoke with Israel Adesanya, he said when he fought Anderson Silva, he had watched him so much throughout his career that he knew what was coming when they fought. Uh, you were pretty adamant that you'd been watching Frankie for a long time. I'm curious if anything similar uh, when you were fighting him played through your mind. Yeah, you know, he, he, he was definitely throwing some stuff that I usually see him throw, you know, that, that running that, 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 that running single, that running single leg is, <laughs> that's Frank Gager. You watch a highlight, you see a bunch of people get taken down with that. So when he's doing that, I was like, oh, wow, Frankie's trying it on me. You know, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, a bunch of time we, uh, we watched a lot of tape. I watched a lot of tape. And there's a lot of times when we're in there and it's just clipped back like, oh, I remember this fight. He was doing this and he was doing it. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, did you call out Daniel Cormier again after your uh, fight? All the time. Every time. I call out Daniel Cormier right now. He better hope, Stipe, don't <laughs> Baddest man on the planet. You better hope that DC, uh, that Stipe make that walk. Or you're going to fight a Hawaiian that's probably going to step in there around like 205 pounds. That's ready to take your belt. And that number one pound for pound, belt, uh, pound, for pound fighter in the world. Well, what's the beef? I mean, I saw you kind of teasing him when you had that press conference. You just took I don't know. You, did you guys see the Twitter? Like, everybody was, like, saying, oh, my gosh, he's limping. Max is limping. Fighters and stuff. DC was like, that's Max's swag. He's not, he's not being cool. He's clowning me. I don't, I don't like that type of beef. The Twitter figures, uh, trigger figures turn to Twitter figures, DC. Come see me. <laughs> uh, nothing but love for the guy. I love DC, man. I love that guy. He's a legend. Over here, Max, congratulations. Uh, first of all, uh, it's been over three years since you've went to a decision in the featherweight division. So what is it about Frankie or tonight that took you the distance like that? Like I said, you know, Frankie's a legend. He's the man, you know, and um, all I kept hearing was I wasn't going to be able to handle Frankie's pace. I wasn't going to be able to handle his wrestling. This is, I fought no one like Frankie before. So I had in my plan, in my mind, I wanted to go out there and show everybody why I was the best in the world and why... Blessed Express and the Blessed Errors and stood in full effect. So I went out there, control the fight, and show everybody, look, I don't have to be in these wars and this stuff. You know, it's fun sometimes, but sometimes, you know, not looking like the guy from Goonie is great too. So we got some business stuff. <laughs> we got some business stuff to do after this fight, and uh, I couldn't be too, too beaten up. You know, last, the last fight I had this big scar on my face, and yeah, I, I don't like it. Rush teases me all the time, so it's kind of horrible. Uh, Dana was in here a few minutes ago. Uh, I asked him how close we are to UFC Hawaii, and he gave me a short answer, not at all. Do you know anything about that or why he said that? You know, yeah, I, I, I know because it's, it's not a UFC thing, you know. It's a Hawaii thing. It's a, it is a Hawaii thing. Like, look, like, <laughs> you got guys like Abu Dhabi building. They're building a stadium for UFC to come. These guys are building them, you know, like. Like, they, UFC Hawaii, 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 the state, whatever, they don't want it that bad. They don't want it. Abu Dhabi's building a stadium as we speak right now for a fight, you know, and we have a stadium there. So I just think it's, a, it, it's one of those things that Hawaii just don't want it that bad. Do you know? take exception to that as a star from Hawaii, the face of Hawaii? You, you think I do? <laughs> I'm asking I, you. I don't have a thought I, on it. I want to fight at home. I want every, every, every guy's dream is to fight at home, you know. I want to fight at home in front of my people and... Um, 
you know, thank God uh, Canada uh, took your boy as the honorary captain. So I'm here, GSP, move over. Uh, next time I go to T Dot City to uh, main event, I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna tie. Tie with him. I think it's five. Yeah, five. Yeah, you told me. Mike told me. He's, it's he only uh, headlined five uh, Canadian cars, so I might catch up with him. So yeah. And finally, for me, uh, if it's okay with you, Max, can we get a brief uh, breakdown how Rush Mini Bless feels about your performance tonight? Yeah. How, how you feel about how how did Daddy look good tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. What what what, what was pretty good? The punches. Oh, just pretty good. I'm kind of mad. He's he's not getting chocolate wasted tonight, guys. What? I am. I'm taking all the goodies what? that you guys saw and embedded. What? Then I can just keep the fountain. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Max. Uh, back here. Uh, sort of along those same lines. You know, I'm sure after the loss to Dustin, you kind of have to talk to Rush about, you know, uh -huh. coming back from the loss. Uh -huh. Now that you actually have come back uh -huh. from the loss and you finished that, how do you kind of add, can you add on, what can you add on to that lesson? It's... Like I said, a true champion is a, is a guy who can get knocked back down and get right back up the reins and keep chugging along, you know. Uh, all these guys, everybody, you, you don't really see someone's character until they get tested. If someone is great all the time and that's all they know and they never ever had failure, then you don't know, you really don't know how great they are. You know, they got to run into these problems to find out how great and to find themselves and uh, this is one of those lessons. And uh, should the Australia card, uh, should that, you know, not happen, or, I mean, you don't fight at that card, uh, how determined are you to fight again, at least get in one more before the end of the year? Yeah, we see what happens, you know, like, like I just told you guys, you know, I, I got I to go with my team, I got to talk, and I, I, I know how bad I want to fight at home, you know, and I don't want to take that away from the guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to go see the doctors, you know, and, and get checked up, and we go from there, you know. At the, at the end of the day, the stadium and stuff is cool, but I definitely want to fight uh, before the end of the year for sure. You know, uh, UFC had this habit of putting me the first week of December. You know, hopefully if I get medically cleared and everything and uh, I'm good to go by December, uh, I can get that first week because I've been max week for the last three years, I think. So don't be changing up on me now because only get only get one card. <laughs> Keep that same energy, UFC. No. <laughs> oh. Max, just following up on that, I know you've wanted to be on like a you know New Year's card or an international fight week card. It didn't pan out last year, but those last pay-per-views, it's going to be a stadium show in October, Madison Square Garden, New York, mm. and the December pay-per-view. Will you be satisfied if you're on one of those events? Yeah, we see, you know, we see. You know, New York sounds cool. Like I said, like you guys said, with Vogzanaki and, uh, and, and Ozzy, it sounds cool. So we see. I just, I got to go check with the doctors, get checked, and uh, we'll go from there. Do you have your uh, peanut butter cocoa puffs yet? Oh, we got no. I didn't have. We about to have some. About to have some. Manager looking at me like, no, you're not. But yes, I am. I'll fight you. <laughs> All right, go get it. Thank you. Hey, Max. Um, you you mentioned going to see the doctors um, and get medically tested. That's something we don't really hear fighters talk about that much. Is this something you've always done, or was this something that started after you had to pull out of that fight with Brian for the unknown reasons, basically? Uh, yeah, it's something that, uh, that, that you just got to learn, you know, one of those things that we get better and you get better and things like that happen. So we've been, you know, I got, I got this little mini me right here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be able to walk and talk and, and be fine. You know, we had some tragedies that happened, not in our sport, but in combat sports this past week. That's, that's pretty sad. And I, I, we want to stay on, on top of it. My manager, my team, they all push me to go to the doctors whenever something like, 
I can be telling them like, oh my gosh, my, my hand is sore. They're like, get, I, I get texts. I, I tell one of the coaches, oh, my hand is hurt. I get a text by my manager 10 minutes later, hey, look, check your Google calendar. You got you, you to gotta go to the doctors right now. I'm like, what? What is going on? Like, I can't, like, you know what I mean? But these guys, these guys look out for the best for me, and that's why I love them. And um, I'm trying to stay around for a long time, you know, not, not, not a good time, a long time. <laughs> It's actually mentioning those tragedies we had in boxing. Um, you're talking about the clip of you walking in tonight. Conor McGregor actually retweeted it and said, when you've he heard about those tragedies, the walk takes on a different meaning. I mean, obviously you were just walking into the arena, but can you understand what he means by that, knowing what's happened in boxing recently? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy. It's, uh, I understand that a lot, you know, it just, it's something that, that a fighter know, only a fighter know, you know, and uh, the sport is crazy. The sport is crazy, you know. We we, we we always like me and my um me and my coach, me and one of my head coach, we always joke around about it, but the the last meal before I fight all the time, he say, Eat whatever you want, this might be your last meal. You know what I mean? Like that's the way we approach it, because we just warriors and stuff, but we we don't wish that, but that's what we say, you know, that's just a mindset and you never know, you know, you, you really never know. This world is crazy, this sport is crazy. And um, it, it's just insane, and you gotta, you gotta feel out, you know, nothing but love and prayers to that family that's enduring right now, actually the two families, so, you know, prayers out to them. Oh good, with my chips with the dip now. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs>